Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Holly. Thank you. Um, hi, I'm Holly, compulsive overeater. Hi, hi everyone. Um, so I'm going to tell my story in for 40 minutes. Let's see. So to start out, I'll tell you what it was like. I'm going to pass my pictures around. This is really what it was like. This is it. I mean, I, there's not a lot of current pictures. There's a lot of old pictures. And what I can tell you, here you go. Pass that around. Um, you know, I grew up back east, and... The first picture, one of the first pictures is the communion picture, which is like six. I'm six. There I am, six, you know, with the white dress and, you know, a little pudge head. So, and that's how I grew up. I was never, I was never a normal size right from childhood. And there's a picture of a a class picture in there, and you can see how old I am now. Because, um, you know, it's just a little class. And there's, there, you know, the back, we got the back row. The big kids got the back row. Um, didn't matter if you were tall or not. It's just how wide you were. It's just how it was. Um, and I remember in in high school, I was in the band. And, you know, the arts are really very close to my heart. I think by the time I got to high school, you know, like I say, I was, I was always really, really heavy. By the time I got to high school, you know, high school can be the biggest nightmare for a compulsive overeater and by the time I got there you know life was really really sucked and you know band and art kept me going so when I hear this stuff about the arts being you know it just makes my heart bleed because band kept me going school didn't keep me going band kept me going and that's just some one of the little gifts but there was only, you know, they had to make special stuff for me. They had to make the special skirt because, you know, there was only two of us in band that were heavy. I was really in the in the minority. I mean, I'm 53 now, so I don't know if it's the timing. I don't think it's so much like that now, unfortunately. But, but boy, when I was young, I, I was definitely the minority. And like I said, I grew up back east, and I was kind of... I was left alone a lot. Um, my mother was schizophrenic, and my father left. So I was pretty much um, unsupervised from the time I was maybe eight or nine. And what that did for me is that, you know, it, it made me very self-sufficient. And I, I just I had, to, I had to watch myself, in other words. I just, you know, she'd give me the, the money to pay the electric bill. I'd have to go downtown, pay the electric bill. And I was like in junior high, you know. And if I didn't do that... Nothing happened because she didn't know. But that's how scary it was. But, you know, a normal kid, if they didn't do that, they'd get punished. Nothing. I mean, I had to really go pay it because there was no no adult there in the house. It was just me and her. Um, so, what it, you know, like I say, I got very, very self-sufficient. And that grew and grew and grew through high school. And um, I lived at home through high school. And then I, I moved in with my father at, when I turned 18. Now, he owned a diner. So, and I went to college for four years, but in the, in the vacations of college, you know, he taught me how to cook in the diner. Now, that sounds like a really good idea, except I learned how to cook in the diner. 
<laughs> so for a compulsive reader, it's not really very helpful, you know. That's where I started my the worst of my compulsive overeating because I was I was just picking all the time. I mean, you know, just eating all the time. And most of my disease throughout was eating all the time. A lot, not huge quantities at once, but just all the time. So after that, uh, like I said, I went to college and I then I went back home and I worked at the diner full time for about eight years. And you know, I. I'm, I'm saying this because I just did a little bit of a work inventory. I'm going to get current really fast because I, I don't like much to talk about how it was, but you can see from the pictures. And my dad, I had four bosses in my life pretty much. And <clears throat> my dad was my bo- my first boss, and, you know, he was probably the best boss. Um, he taught me how to cook, and he was extremely patient. Um, never said a cross. He, he wasn't a cross guy. I mean, he was just a low-key guy, owned a diner, and... Um, and he never said a cross word to me. But because I wanted to stay in the family with him, like they just left. So um, that was, you know, it was the beginning of my workaholism too, is that when I worked at the diner. And I did a really good job, and I was really, really good at cooking. So um, fast forward to, I moved out here when I was 30 because I was still working in the diner when I was 30. Still over 200 pounds and absolutely terrified of people I mean and I'm right out in the front in the diner right cooking 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 I was really good at this by the way and um, right out in front and just terrified of people so I moved to California there you go how's that for a geographic Um, and this is from near Buffalo so I moved out to California I knew one person out here and she said come on out I'd come out for a vacation she said come on out you can stay with me for a couple weeks while you find a job so at that point, when I moved out here, I changed careers because I really couldn't get a cook's job. Um, I changed careers, and I started a whole new thing in a whole new career just because I could get a job then at that time. So the whole time I was out here, then I, like I said, I'm in a whole new profession now. So it was really cool. It was a good way to make a great change, except I was still afraid of people, and I'm afraid of everything. So being afraid of people... Um, I just, you know, I it, that was another boss, another boss in the inventory that was for the next 12 years was, you know, she was, um, she was a, a di- like a picture of a businesswoman. That's what this woman was, and I never felt, I never, I never could measure up. I did a great job because again, I'm I'm a workaholic, right? I sometimes work 30 to 40 days in a row. I couldn't I couldn't do it enough, right? And I'm eating the whole time, of course. During that job, I would drive over the hill a lot. I was, I'm in the valley. And um, I, could, I had whole meals going over Coldwater Canyon. Nothing spilled. I'm telling you. I, could, I knew exactly how to do that. I mean, that's the kind of overeater I am. If, the, if, she, if she would say, if my route that I had to go um, took me to, let's say, Vermont and whatever, I'd know what I could stop at on the way. My head didn't think of the building. My head thought of the places that I'm going to drive through. That's how it was. I ate all the time. So in 1994, 1993, something like that, in there, <clears throat> I, I had gotten into another program because I got into a relationship with, my first relationship was with a drug addict. That was really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can imagine, so here I am, I'm still like, 280 pounds or whatever and somebody started paying attention there you go I'm there right so um, 
I got into the other program, the people program, right away because I felt crazy. All right, that's what that's why you go in there. I think um, at least it was for me. I felt like, oh my God, what the heck hit me? So um, I read the big book. I had never even known. I don't even think I knew an alcoholic. Okay, but I read the big book, and I thought, oh my God. And then you know what? That program started to work, and I felt better. And it was like within about six months, I actually felt better. I didn't feel crazy anymore. I felt like I could at least function. And there was a lot of people in that program that were in this program, right? Um, and I hear them talk, and I'm like, oh, okay. I decided to come to OA right then, 1993, I think it was. Walked into my first meeting, and I really, really felt at home. And I, I went about two years at that time, probably two years, and I was still working the other program. I went to OA, but you know what I did? I really didn't work the program. I visited a lot. I was like a spectator in OA, and I would watch, and I'd sit, and I'd listen, and I didn't really talk to too many people, and I asked a few sponsors, to, I asked a few people to sponsor me, but I never called them, see? It doesn't work very well. So that's a good way not to work the program. Um, I just couldn't call. I couldn't do it. Um, I did get an abstinence at that time. Like I said, I was eating all the time. I had stopped eating sugar years and years and years ago. I thought that was my problem. It wasn't my problem right then. It wasn't, my, it wasn't the reason I was 280 pounds, okay, because I let that go. But, um, of course, I switched from that to other things. So I, my abstinence was three meals a day and no sugar back then even. Did good with that, and, but you know what? I didn't do any of the work. So when life got a little bigger and I got into another relationship, I just pretty much stopped coming. I mean, I just I, there was I had no basis. My feet were not on the ground. They were I was just sitting on the fence teetering. So um, I stopped coming, and that was about after two years. So in that next eight years, I was out there. I was, I like I said, I got into a relationship. We bought a house. And we started a catering company. <laughs> there you go. Um, like I said, I was, she was a good cook. I'm a good cook. We started this catering company, and you know what? It was really successful, and it was really not a whole lot of fun. But you know what? That, it, it just triggered into my overworking, and I just loved it. We had a good time, made some money, did that for about the next six years. And there was two, now there's two fridges in the house, okay? Two people, two fridges. 280 pounds, that's me. So, um, and working, working, working. I didn't stop for a minute, I don't think, in that time. So, what happened to get me back this time was um, in the summer of 2002, that's when I actually came back in the program. It's, we had stopped the catering business about probably, I'm going to say about April of that year. And I had some free time. I actually stopped doing that and just kept my regular, I had a full-time job in all that time. And things started happening. I started to go into, once I stopped that working, I started to go into like a depression. Um, it seemed like everything felt wrong. Everything felt bad. Still 280 pounds. I don't know what happened. I can't even tell you. That, that feeling was the pitiful demoralization that they talk about in the big book. That, it really felt bad. And that, that's the only way I can really describe it. I'm not really sure, but... I knew that at that point about August that I really had to do something else. I had to try something. Now, I had tried in all these years. I had tried some, Now, I didn't try any diets that cost anything. I didn't tell you about that part of me. I'm kind of thrifty. 
see. And I didn't try any, I didn't know $1,500 Lindorin. That wasn't happening, okay? But every other thing that I could try, I did. What really did work for me was a, was a food plan like Weight Watchers, but I never kept going. See, I, I'm not a normal person. So I would get this food plan, and I would, for a couple of weeks, be able to stay on it, and then I can't eat like I just would, I'd go right out, and I, I just, I'm not that normal. That's a great food plan, but without support, you know, it's not going to happen. And like I said, I tried a bunch of things. And the last diet I went on was um, carbohydrate addicts diet that had just come out, and I stopped eating carbohydrates. <laughs> That's when I went berserko, okay? <laughs> That's what happened. I went on that diet, and I, it, I got into such a depression because I was trying to do something without any program. So that's what that's what really happened. I was going through drive-thrus and ordering really weird stuff. I mean, it was really odd. So I came back in the program, and I guess if I can describe what I was feeling at that time, I'm not good at feeling, by the way, either. So that's another thing we'll talk about later, <laughs> because I was eating, you know. If I can describe how I was feeling when I did come back in the program. I didn't have hope that I would lose any weight. I seriously did not have any hope. At that time, I probably weighed about 250, I'd say. What I would do was I'd get up to 280, and I would then I would start to hurt. My body would start to hurt. And I'd diet my way down to 240, and then I would stay there for a minute or two and go right back up to 280. And that's, that's I mean, this is, we're talking 46 years of that. I just did that. There was only two times that I remember I got down to 200. Two times in 46 years that I got down to 200, it was mostly I just fluctuated up in that little, in that little 240 to 280 range. So when I came back in, I came back in because my head was crazy. That that's the honest truth. I thought that maybe if I gave the steps a chance, um, if I actually worked them and worked with a sponsor, I had it in my head too that if I wrote a four step and I could get all that stuff out, I felt like I had a lot of stuff inside. If I could do those things, maybe I would feel better. There was no thought about weight. I'm going to tell you, I didn't have hope to get down to 200. I really didn't. It wasn't even a thought at that time. I thought a little bit, would, I'd feel a little bit better. So, but I, wanted, I came back in the program, and I, and I sat and listened for about a month. Went to a lot of meetings in the Valley, went right back in the 100-pounders meeting, and I heard people share, and... I heard this lady share, and she looks pretty like me, like pretty normal. Like um, she was working, she was a hundred pounder, and she was working. The, she was on her way down in weight, and she was working the steps, and she sounded like someone I could talk to. You know, I really didn't talk to anybody, by the way. I'm very, very, very shy. So when she seemed like she was shy too, but but she was working, I thought I'm going to ask her. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trolling for a sponsor, right? So I'm going to ask this woman, and, you know, I chased her around the room a little bit. <laughs> you know, they walk away right when you're going to ask them. They always do that. Um, so I, uh, I, I asked her to be my sponsor, and she said, okay, call me at 6 in the morning tomorrow morning. Tell me what you're going to eat. And you know what? Called her up. I was able to do it. I walked in here willing, some kind of willing. I'm not sure what kind it was, but I was some kind of willing to do the work. So I called this woman, and, you know, I called her and talked to her every day for the next two years. I don't think I missed one or two days, and I don't mean it's because I didn't call, but I, it's because we didn't connect, but I actually called her for the next probably two solid years, every day about six. 
um, and I told her what I was going to eat. And, of course, in the, in the beginning, it was big, three big meals a day. She didn't, she didn't say a word. This woman didn't say a word, bless her, you know. Three big meals a day. I tell her everything, and I was actually honest. So the first, my first day of abstinence is September 28, 2002. And I didn't bring it, but if you want to read the um, Voices of Recovery on that day, it's the coolest reading on the Voices of Recovery, I think. It just describes me to a T. So um, I think they wrote that just for me. <laughs> so, it's, uh, yeah, self-centered too, yeah. So, you know what? I worked the program. I, I was writing the steps. She gave me assignments. I did them, and I was writing the steps. And after about a month, you know, I asked her, of course, I'm spouting out this food every day. Which is what I'm eating, and it's you know it's long thing. <laughs> it takes takes a while to tell everything like that. Hmm. And uh, so I'm telling her, and you know, after, it, within about a month, I realized how much food I was saying to her, you know. And so I asked her to help me with my food too, and she started helping me with my food. We devised a food plan that would help me, you know, eat less and lose weight. And um, all the time, I'm writing, you know, I'm doing this writing, and and uh, she got me right into service. <coughs> which I would recommend for anybody, especially a shy person, all right? Get into service. Jump in the middle of a herd because I, I believe, for me, that was the only way that it happened. I got on the committee. She says, you're going to be on this committee, and I was on the committee. I did everything she told me to do. She said to the point where, you know, come over and help me do this. Okay, so I, I went over and helped her. Go to this, go to this lady's house. We're going to work on the fundraiser. Okay, so I was at the lady's house to work on the fundraiser. I did not ask questions. I ate what she told me, and I, I did what she told me. I did my writing. Also, I started making friends, and there was a bunch of us that kind of were working the steps all together at that time. I don't know why it just happened that way. But, um, you know, we ate together. We hung together. We went to meetings together. Those, those are my sisters in program. And they, a lot of them are still here, which is fantastic. You know, I used to have to go to Costco for work to get janitorial supplies. It's not very exciting, believe me. Um, but, you know, my MO before was I'd walk in, I'd get my stuff, and I would stop at that, you know, the stand. Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> you know, I'd add to my lunch. I'd have my lunch. I'd bring it to work, my lunch. But I would add, too, as I was out on my errands and you know I, I by the time I got to lunch you know it, it went from this to this so and that was my MO was I you know I'd start out okay and I'd just add stuff so you know I'd call one of my sisters going into Costco okay I tell the guy when he's checking the receipt no pizza today you know and they, I tell the guy they okay you know they look at me you know I could give a crap right I don't care whatever helps me recover I'm going to do alright you see all these things I got on this is my spiritual bling. Okay? And I got a pocket full. All right? Ten-minute chip. I don't care what anybody thinks. These are things that people gave me. This is God. All right? This is how I found God. Because God is in all of you. So, if you, you know, if you are special enough to me that you give me something, and, you know, we're all recovering together, I'm putting it on. And this is where I get my strength. So, I work the program... Changed sponsors, did my fourth step. I just keep working, and you know what? I'm doing okay. My life is pretty good. I got the same job. Everything's going along the same, okay? I'm getting some sponsees, working the program with them, and that is the biggest gift. I, I can't even tell you the gifts I have I, that I get from my sponsees. 
I call them the birds. They call me on time. You know, they start, now they start 6.10 in the morning. They start with the calls. They do exactly what I did, all right? You do your writing. You read your writing to your sponsor. Give me your food. That's what we do. They need to call later. They can call later. If that phone rings and it's a sponsee, they get priority. The first people that are called back are my sponsees, all right? That they are so important to me. Um, and my only job as a sponsor is to pass the program along as I, as I learned it, help them find a connection with God like I did, all right, and help them with their food, answer the phone. You know what? I just need to answer the phone. That's my responsibility when it's their time to call. I'm on the other end, all right? It's their time, so I get to answer the phone. And like I say, this is, this is what pushes me along in program. Time I got left. How much time I got? So I want to get to the really current stuff because it changes drastically pretty soon. Anyway, so that's what I've been doing, you know. And like I say, I got a, I, I, all this time I'm building a foundation. Okay, this is I, I'm I'm working the steps. Now, once I got through the steps, then what happens is I went to the worked in the big book a little bit. I worked in this a little bit. Every time an issue came up, and I, what I mean by an issue is. You know when something goes into your head and it's bothering you and you're going along and then it's bothering you, that thing, whatever it is, just keeps coming up. It doesn't go away. We're addicts, okay? These things don't go away. They, it goes into the crazy loop, as my sponsor calls it. That's where you can't, I mean, you can't get it out of your head, right? So when something like that happens, and it could be work, it could be a work issue. Like I've done many 12-step things on work. Um, it could be a friend issue. It could be anything. But what I do is I was taught to work the steps on the issue. Whether it takes me one day to go right, this, you know, right through the steps real quick, what am I powerless over? Here's the issue. I'm powerless over blah, 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 blah. What would sanity look like? That's step two. What would sanity look like? All right, so what would sanity look like? All right, write it out, step two. Step three, ask God to help you. Simple as that. Ask God, all right? Step four, write out the problem. Get all your stuff out, whatever it is. Step five, you're going to read it to somebody. And then comes the fun. Step six and seven. This is where, step six and seven are what keep me going in the program. Looking at my character defects. Now, what defect is this? It's almost always underlied by fear. Fear is always there. Mostly fear and pride, all right? That's what comes up for me mostly, fear and pride. I'm afraid to ask for help. Remember, I was self-sufficient, okay? I learned to be self-sufficient. Now I have to ask for help? I can't believe it. This is, it, it's such a change for me, but that's what I had to do in this program. I learned to ask for help. I learned to give help, too, by the way. When people call me with stuff, I, I'm going to pass along exactly my experience. Nothing more, nothing less. If I don't have the experience, I send them to somebody else. So, so that's six and seven. Ask God to, to remove the character defect, or at least, at the very least, make it less. I think for six and seven, um, that's the, those are the steps that they're taken together. Six and seven go together. And it's actually like, it, it comes down to like, do you want to look toward a normal body weight, or do you want to look toward the food? That's what six and seven are. Do you want to have a little less fear? Can you get through this one more time with a little less fear? That's what six and seven are. 
we don't get rid of these defects like fear. It's, I, I don't expect to ever be rid of fear. But I've learned how to live my life and walk through fear by using the steps of Overeaters Anonymous. And it comes out right out of the big book. This is it right here. All right? I'm going to read you a little something. I just love this little sentence. It makes me feel so good. Let's see. All right. I heard this last night. I don't make this stuff up. I just heard it last night. Okay? But it just, I thought, oh, my God, I love that. It says here on page 27, Ideas, emotions, and attitudes which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men were suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. That's exactly what happened. I didn't know how to live life, so I ate. Now, I have a plan. For whatever comes up, okay, I have a plan. So now I'm going to tell you kind of what's going on now. What's going on now is about a year ago. Let's just throw this out there, a year ago. And as I told you, I've been in a relationship. I had been in a relationship for a long time. I mean, 15 years I was in a relationship, same relationship. Got together, bought the house, did the catering. Not a good idea. Uh Did the catering. Came, I came in the program, she came in the program, okay, a little bit after. So we're doing this. I mean, we're just doing a parallel thing. So what happened was, about a year ago, I started feeling kind of like I didn't want to be in that relationship anymore. I'm very much generalizing, by the way. I'm sure you understand that because we're supposed to share in a general way. Um, I didn't, I felt it wasn't, this relationship was going down the tubes, basically. It wasn't working for me anymore. It wasn't healthy. I didn't feel right. So before I did anything, first of all, I talked to other people in the program. I have, I have like five, four, five, six, eight giants in the program that I talk to. Giants. They, they've been in, you know, like 20 years, 15 years. They're working the program. These are the people I went to with this most important issue. I did not make a move which I don't. I didn't make a move until I worked the steps on this stuff. Okay? And it took me... This was, this was, like, this was like relationship rehab. Okay? It took me at least three months of intensive step writing to even... I didn't even make a decision. I just had to get all this stuff out. And I worked with these ladies and we went through it, worked the steps, and then I made the decision, yes, I'm going to end my relationship. And I had... You know, like I say, I, I, I asked a lot of different people for help. I got sent to this one. I, you know, now, now you're going to go talk to this woman. She's been through this. I talked to a lot of people. I had an action. It was like having a net. These people, these women carried me through this. It was the most incredible thing. I didn't do anything alone. Perfect things. Um, I didn't do any of this alone. I just walked through it. I got ready. And I ended up my relationship um, in July. <clears throat> that was a really, really hard thing to do for me because uh, number one of ending a relationship and number two, can you imagine a person who can't feel how much feelings came up? All of this stuff came up. People just carried me through this and I had to, I had to basically just do my work every day. The next nine months have to be in the same house because we got to sell the house now. I mean, it's huge. This stuff is huge. This isn't just a thing like this. Working, working the steps on. You got to sell the house. You got to do this and that. You got to live together. What I did feel, and this is the gift of the program, 
as you, you know, like I said, with all these years that I've gone through, so, so we're talking, I have seven and a half years of abstinence. So we're talking the six years I, I worked through all this stuff, um, teaching me how to live life. But then, then everything changes. Now, so it, it allowed me to walk through all these changes still abstinent because I have this foundation now. I have the foundation of the steps. And I can walk through this, all these big changes. Now, I didn't have very many changes before, but I can walk through this stuff now, abstinent, all right? And there was not a thought of overeating. There was not a thought of overeating. I have formed a habit of eating on my food plan, okay? So I got to do this stuff, and we sold the house. I moved, I moved into, um, I'm renting a room from a person in program. It, I haven't felt this calm. I just moved in like six weeks ago because we sold the house and I haven't found another house to buy. So I rent this room. It all happened at the birthday party. We're all sitting around and it's like, I got a room. I need a room. <laughs> talk, to, talk to the peeps real quick. Please think. Yeah, ask her. You know, that's how it goes. I mean, I live my life in joy now. You know, um, got together with this girl and I moved in. Everybody's happy. The darn dog is happy I mean I, I'm actually sleeping all night it's fantastic it's nothing fancy but you know what I'm calm there I move in I'm calm now I, I'm just relaxing I'm just calming down from this whole thing and it's like you know and my, my food hasn't changed by the way that's how it is you know when I walk through with her it's like okay you got the scale I don't have to pack the scale you know because I had to do the packing with like storage and then what I need it's quite a deal, quite a deal. But um, I got to walk through that abstinent. And, and so me today is like I'm, I did it. I mean, I actually did that and sold the house and I'm looking for a house. And I feel like I did that whole thing with the utmost of respect. I literally can't believe, I walked through that whole thing with the utmost of respect for my, my ex-partner and I, you know, I can stand up straight and look at everybody in the eye today. You know, I did the work. But so, this last couple of minutes, I want to describe what abstinence is to me because abstinence is the most important thing in my life, and that's what allowed me to walk through this stuff and stand up straight and look at you guys in the eyes and say, "This is what I did. This is how the program helped me." Um, like I say, my abstinence today is the same as it was: three meals a day, no sugar. Okay, um, I have never, ever eaten in between meals in that seven and a half years ever nor do I eat sugar it just is not going to happen that's how important it is to me and my food plan has, of course when I was 280 pounds my food plan is XYZ and then I ate a little bit less and I steadily lost the weight because uh, you know the, the basis of this program is to obtain and maintain a healthy body weight and I've been doing that for about five years now I, yeah about five years um, <clears throat> I adjust my food plan with my sponsor's help, always with my sponsor's help as I need to. I very slowly and steadily lost my weight until I was a regular, as you see in the pictures, I just went down, okay, I was fine. Lots of issues come up when I was, that, that much weight, a lot of issues come up, a lot of body issues, a lot of clothes, clothes, oh my God, talk to me after about clothes. <laughs> Crazy issues come up for a hundred pounder. 
Then I went down a little too far. I got a little bit of anorexic tendencies, um, especially I noticed when, when um, my partner went into relapse. I pedaled faster. And it, I went through about six or eight months of having to work through, say, work the steps through that with my sponsor when that happened. Right now, I'm, I think I'm at a good weight. Um, probably should be a little bit more, and I'm working with my sponsor on that. Now I switched over to calories because we couldn't quite, I kept dropping. I kept dropping weight. So um, for some reason, I, I don't know the science of it. I just know that I followed this food plan. So my abstinence includes my food plan. My food plan is, is, is as important as my abstinence because that's what keeps me abstinent. I, I just, I, there's not a thought about the food. I plan it. I email my sponsor the day before so she can look at it. I don't think she looks at it, to be honest. I could put like a half of a horse, you know, 13 chairs. I really don't think. She just puts a smile. But you know what? My sponsor before her looked at it, and we devised this plan. So it really doesn't matter. I email my food. I don't change. And, and if I something adjusts or something, you know, I text her. I, act, I, I treat myself like I'm three, and I'm so calm about it. This is how I work the program. My sponsees do the same thing. They're all different. They all have different abstinence, different food plans, but we, ha- we have to do what helps us, and that's what helps me. I don't want food to be an issue, you know, and, I'm, and I want to stay at a healthy body weight, and that's, that's the purpose of my program. And by learning the steps and learning how to live now in program, I was able to walk through a lot of stuff this last year abstinently. And that's all I needed to do is walk through it abstinently. So, you know, I can tell you about my morning. I get up really early, really, seriously early. (laughs) And I go and I do my writing right away. I do three meditations. I do my writing. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. So when all this stuff happened, we good on time? When all this stuff good. When all this stuff happened, what I real and what being abstinent did for me is that it I started that crazy feeling again. You know, there was too much going on, too much. So when I got that feeling, I got the chest pain again. You know, like when your chest burns, you're so anxious. I had to go back to the other program again, and I just was able to not fight. I knew something was wrong. I was able to walk back in, and I got. I can't believe this. I got a sponsor in the other program, and I call her every day, too. That's what abstinence does for me, is that whatever happens in life, we get to walk through it and deal with it. Somebody knows what to do. Doesn't matter. You find somebody, you'll know, they'll know what to do, and you do what they say. So, um, like I said, I get up really early. I do my writing, plan my food for the next day, actually, because I take it to work with me and email it at work. Take my sponsee calls. I call my sponsor. If I got to call her twice, I call her twice. I take outreach calls. I make outreach calls. I have to write it down on my 10 step. I do a formal 10 step every night on the computer and email it to my sponsor um, right out of the big book. And I, my life is programmed, and I'm so happy. This is the way I want it. This is, this is what God wants for me. I am the biggest fan of God, and this is how I found God is by program. You know, all this stuff is done with God. Through people, God's there. Um, I have a fantastic relationship with God, and I just check in all the time. I have the cell phone alarm set for 2, 
I do what it takes. I really do what it takes because I, I like this a lot. And I'm in this program. I'm in. That's it. Okay, thanks. Thank you.